Sometimes when moving forward, it's important to look back and see how far you've come, to remember the lessons you've learned, the mistakes that you've moved past, and to listen to songs you haven't heard in a long time. extended version of our theme song, which we haven't used in a long time. And this is Random Badassery. I'm Chad Hall, and in today's episode, we're looking back. We're looking way back to the beginning of this show, and what we refer to as the old format. It was an unfocused time when random meant random, and in reality, we had no idea what we were doing. We didn't even have a theme song back then. We just turned on our microphones and spoke these exciting words to the world. Huh. Okay, so, what's going on? Nothing much, man. Um... <laughs> Hopefully we've learned a few tricks since then. One of the first things that I remember us figuring out, I think it was the first or the second episode, was that we should probably pay attention to our language. Where? are you carrying all this stuff like <laughs> do you have like a little cart that you're dragging behind you like that's not everyday carry that's just a list of shit you like but there's a reason why when you open the iphone who are you paying to code this stuff apps are ugly why they're up and you still can't figure out what i yeah, like. and you still think i want to watch the transporter you morphic design was ugly. it doesn't have an eraser you yeah i have to like, yeah that eraser gets weird i have to I give my ipad that. an erection to <laughs> <laughs> now, you may have noticed that Lamb is not with us today. He's actually off finishing his last day at the job that was sucking up all of his time. One long, continuous day for me. Like, I've I've worked literally seven days in a row, and now I feel like I'm just, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm going to kill somebody. Then maybe you wouldn't have to have a soul-sucking job that's eating <laughs> all of your time. Yeah, and I think it's probably because of my erratic and insane work schedule. Yeah, we're going to have to keep squeezing them in until we get back to our normal schedule, I think. Yeah, until I until my I have some kind of normal schedule again. My boss has just been on vacation for, you know... A little bit, so the schedules are just all over the place. Plus, me being sick doesn't help that either, so I'm trying to squeeze that in between all these things too. Honestly, I don't know a whole lot about um, either. Um, I, I, I've been kind of in a bubble for the last uh, 48 hours because we had some crazy stuff happen at work, so I'm going to be hearing some of this stuff for the first time and reacting uh, pretty cleanly. But as you can tell, Lamb's voice is not going to be absent in this episode. And speaking of Lamb's voice, there was a time in these 15 old episodes when Lamb took a shot at doing the intro before he decided that he didn't like doing it. Uh, hello and welcome to, God, I guess this is the seventh episode. Um, if that sixth episode ever comes out of limbo um, and returns back to us from the depths of I, I or uh, the depths of podcasting hell. We weren't always articulate. Man, that's just been 
And as I'm sure you can hear, our sound quality was not always the best. There were a lot of mistakes we made, a lot of lessons that we had to learn. We were continually changing and altering things on the show. Almost to the point that our continual changes were becoming a theme in the show. We have a new logo. It's a brand new show. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you to Drew Roulette for Drew Roulette. Wow, that's really tough to say. Drew Roulette for coming out with uh, one of the coolest things I've seen in a while, uh, which um, I kind of have to say. Um, everybody thinks their kid is cute, so um, I have to think ours is pretty cute as well. Uh, another thing we should mention before we go any further, we're not hearing it, but uh, all the listeners just heard our new theme song, which I included in the recording of last week, but uh, we didn't know that at the time that we recorded so uh, thank you to Giovanni, a.k.a. Cruels, for such a kick-ass song. Did you collaborate with him on that one? Uh, he just had me send him a couple pieces of uh, guitar, but I mean, like, all the hard work was him. Yeah, because we're essentially, uh, you know, um, shooting in the dark. Like, every week, uh, even last week when you changed the naming convention, for example, like, I mean, that, that doesn't seem like a big step for a lot of people. But for us, that is because that's, the, that's a big part of our format. Uh, speaking of Trello... I just wanted to tell everybody that we're using that for live communication during the show now. Yeah, which is interesting because I'm I'm seeing you move things as we're talking about them. It's pretty funny. Well, it's it's kind of weird. I will say with this um, boom arm that I've added, it is kind of strange because now the microphone is dead in front of my face at all times. I'm literally looking through it to see the screen. Huh, that's funny. I, I imagine in a few weeks it might get to the point where you've got some kind of back harness and you're just wearing it on your back all the time. <laughs> oh, by the way. For those of you listening, Android users specifically, we will soon be on Stitcher. Um, so, interesting new rules for this week. Uh, no typing on keyboards while we're talking. Uh, no mouse clicks. We're going to go back to basics. Just to talking. Let all the, leave all the tech out of the way. Uh, so, just uh, basically go back to where we started. That makes a lot of sense. That's what I love the most, I think. I have a sexy morning voice today. Um, and I know you're kind of fueled by this too as well, but I think for me, uh, uh, you know, the reason why we work on microphones and puff filters and we've gotten, you know, some editing help and we've learned how to master channels and input devices and all this stuff, all for the sake of, of doing this podcast better and better. You know, we've tried multiple tools for organization. We've tried different approaches with speech patterns and, and subjects and topics and all that kind of stuff. And, and, it's about learning. Go back and listen to the first episode of this show. You can hear the imperfections. You can see how horrible we were at certain things. You can hear the bad sound quality. You can see how awful of an editor I used to be. And that's a good thing. It's not embarrassing to have those things. Those things are steps. Those are progress. Those are signs. Those are, those are medals of honor. You should be proud that you had the courage to do something imperfect. Because if you didn't, you wouldn't be able to get to the next step. And that's exactly why we're doing this retrospective today. Because we are moving forward. We are moving to a more organized show. But it's important to really look back and see all the changes that we've made. You know, there was a period of time where we reveled in the fact that this show was just disorganized chaos. For those that don't know... We don't tell each other what we're going to talk about <laughs> before we no, start recording. <laughs> that literally never happens. Going back to the metaphor of catching people with their pants down. I was reading a bunch of things about podcasts and they're like, write a script and send a pre-made list. I'm like, yeah, we don't do any of that. <laughs> and I, I don't have a problem with that. 
I actually think that the quality of our podcasting would probably diminish if we planned too much. Uh, dang, I was going to tell you something and then my brain just totally slipped. Uh... <laughs> well, obviously, as you can tell, it didn't always work out. Actually, most of the time, it probably didn't work out. And that's one of the reasons that we're moving forward in a new direction, that we're moving towards a show that it is fully planned. But there was also a really important lesson at that time that we learned, which was not to focus too much on the errors. I used to be really apologetic about my errors when it comes to the show. Remember, we used to have a, a section at the beginning of the show where we used to, you know, go through and, and do corrections and apologies and all that kind of stuff. Like, yep. we stopped doing that after three episodes just because I just, I don't care. You don't fact check during a conversation at a bar. You know, you don't, you don't take a walk with someone in the woods and, and Google someone's name that you forget. You try to remember it and you might remember it wrong. And if you can't remember it, you move on. <laughs> and I think that's the progression of our conversations. And that's what I really like about them. And another really important lesson, if you are going to put your voice out into the world and be public, it's probably a good idea to not say words like never or never ever. We're never doing interviews on this show, ever. This show is always yeah. going to be Lamb and Me. And today we have a very special guest with us because this is our first, yes, our number one interview podcast. Now, I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, but when we originally started this, Lamb and I used to record in the same room. We actually were 10, 15 feet apart, each with iPhones and earbuds. And we were just recording our end of the audio, talking to each other across the room. And it didn't take us long to figure out that that wasn't really the best solution, not only sound-wise, but convenience-wise. Uh, for the listeners this week, you may notice a difference in sound. Lamb and I are not in the room together anymore. We are experimenting with Skype recording for the convenience so that Lamb doesn't have to drive across town in uh, traffic to do this every week. <laughs> and uh, we just spent about, oh, half hour? 40 minutes? Yeah, probably about half hour. Yeah, easily. Testing recording volumes and microphones and all the things that neither of us know how to do. When we originally started this show, we named it Random Badassery because of the word random. Because we honestly, we had no idea what the theme of this podcast was. Eventually, we kind of stumbled our way into this amalgam of things. And one of those things that we talked about a lot was tech. And when you talk about tech and you live in the Bay Area, it's kind of hard to avoid talking about Apple. Apple products don't come with instruction booklets. Sure. Uh, they don't feel like they need to, right? So... Because of that, there's always a certain line where, okay, I want to do this. Oh, this program doesn't do that because it's beyond the capability of the average person, beyond the needs of the average person. I would say that this is the smartest business move Apple has made all year. I agree with that, actually. That's pretty cool. Um, another product that they released, which is a similar, I would say a similar strategy. They released um, the oddly named iPad Pro. Yes, there are two <laughs> products called the ipad pro why why did they do they that? just have different sizes i guess they didn't want to go ipad pro mini i don't know um i call it what it is ipad pro 9.7 it's a 9 9.7 inch screen which is the size of the original ipad sometimes you'd have these things you're like why doesn't apple just do this you know like the way that the and when you talk about apple it's kind of hard not to talk about apps and if there's one thing that lamb and i love to talk about it's apps, especially 
note-taking apps. I've reduced my iPhone down to one screen. Yeah. Oh, nice. I don't know how many. I can't look at my phone right now because I'm recording on it. Um, God, at my height, dude, I was up to seven screens. Actually, this gives me a, a good opportunity to bring in a uh, new application that I, that I discovered for my phone. Hey, why don't you tell me about this Rement app? Oh, um, it's funny. Since that note, I've kind of fallen out of love with it, even though I still <laughs> kind of like it. Um, I'm looking. Hey. I'm looking at my list here. Oh, let's talk about notes for a minute. Notes apps. Okay. Because that was kind of a big feature of last week's show, and I have a second part to that because I've gone a little bit further with it. So I've got, you know, OneNote and Spotify. I actually still have Evernote on my front page out of a weird sense of nostalgia for some reason. Finding the right note app is actually number one on my priority list in life right now. I thought Simple Note was pretty cool, but it definitely lacks the ability to organize the way that you organize. Like one of the things that I'm very excited about um, going forward with with OneNote. I have a confession to make. I'm doing it, man. I think I'm bailing on OneNote. So how uh, far along are you in workflow these days? The process of transfer is time-consuming, and it's not because oh. of workflow. It's just <laughs> moving things over. I have um, delved deeper into our issue of, you know, what am I going to do with um, photos and what am I going to do with, you know, think because workflow, you, only, you can only put text in it. I don't know if I'm going to go through the process of actually switching to Apple Notes because I'm tired of switching applications. I've never used an app of that kind that has such a clearly defined outline structure. And, you know, going through school, like I, I used outline structure a lot for my creative writing and my schoolwork. So... It's it's it feels like coming home. But the show wasn't all tech. Like I said, back in those days, the show was random. And what was actually fairly common for us to do was to get intimate and personal with our own lives. And that's definitely how it kind of worked out for me, too. Like, I mean, it's not that I'm really ashamed of anything that I did within that span of time, you know, like at the, the very worst of it, when I, I was dealing with the breakup in the worst way that I could. Um, I'm not ashamed of, of some of the things that I did or some of the things I do with friends. What I am really ashamed of is, is what my priorities were at the time, you know, right. like how selfish I became and how, 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 how horribly unaware I was as a person as to what my effect was on other people. Like, you know, for better or for right. worse. But you were healing yourself at the time. I was healing myself at the time, but I didn't realize that I needed to be more careful about how how I, I was with other people, you know, I think like sometimes though, uh, to be fair to you, I think sometimes that's not possible. You know, physician heal thyself. Mm -hmm. Start with yourself first, you know, like with the oxygen mask on the airplane. Right now it's about finding things, finding ways to not stress about the things that, that, you know, obviously at some point they need care and they need to be dealt with in whatever way that they need to be dealt with. But if I can't do anything about it right now, I need to learn how to not worry about it. <laughs> You know, this is this might sound funny, but uh, there's a quote that has stuck with me for years, and I remind myself of it all of the time. It's from Van Wilder. Huh. Worrying is like a rocking horse. It keeps you busy, but it doesn't get you anywhere. <laughs> That's magical. And if you've listened to this show for any period of time, you know that quotes like that, random quotes from nowhere, are kind of a staple in this podcast and it's because we love to read we love to watch tv we love to watch movies as a matter of fact there actually used to be a segment 
in the old format where we would ask each other what we were watching and what we were reading and what we were listening to. Do we want to do we want to segue this into what we did at the end of the show last time and talk about what we're reading, watching and listening to? Let's do our uh, what are you reading? What do you, you know, meet our media section. By the way, speaking of things that I'm reading right now, um, there's a book that sits on my bedside that I actually think you'd really like. Have you heard of a book called Steal Like an Artist? Tell me uh, what are you reading? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What do you want to? What do you want to tell me? What are you reading these days, man? We might as well ask. What are you reading? What are you reading these days? What are you reading? What have you been watching? So what is it that you're reading? These uh, days? Hey, what are you reading right now? Anything interesting? Um, I am reading a book called The Blueprint to Death. I don't remember. It. I don't have it with me. Um, I should. I should remember to do those things. Like I think for the next podcast, I. I was actually thinking about doing this yesterday, but like pulling up. The three artists that I'm listening to, the book that I'm reading, and the movie that I'm currently watching. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I, I think we, we should probably include that for the next podcast. One of the funny things about listening to these recordings after so long is you can actually hear us learning how to do this. You can hear us deciding what to do next and how to do things. We didn't do it away from the audience. We did it all in front of the audience. And our nerdiness did not end with apps and Apple and books and movies. It went further. It went where no man had gone before. How many years has somebody been working on the Star Trek transporter? Mm -hmm. Ever since somebody saw that show, somebody wanted to make that happen. And I believe even the theory existed before. Mm-hmm. the show gene roddenberry actually took the theory they mm-hmm. did that in star trek the next generation but he's the guy that's doing the new star trek series for cbs and i can't tell you how excited that makes like me. this like star trek like mm-hmm. let's get a little nerdy here the computer mm-hmm. was gene roddenberry's wife yep who also played deanna troy's mom deanna troy's mom mm-hmm. and the nurse in the original series that is correct so if you watch the show there's weird moments where She's talking to the ship's computer, mm-hmm. you know, asking for something from the replicator. It's her talking to herself. Yeah, yeah. I forget. Uh, I think um, it was Star Trek Two. I don't remember which one it was, but Bones was in it, and I remember Doctor McCoy. Oh no, it was a. Uh, it was um, Star Trek Four, the one where they go back to Earth, they, the, where they go back to San Francisco and try. Oh, to with the whales. Yeah, and I remember seeing Bones go into like a, an operating room and, and watching people get cut up, and he's like, "Ugh," <laughs> you know, like, like you guys still cut people up. That's so savage. And the nerdiness did not end with Star Trek either. We had to go even deeper. Actually, I'm really curious about that because I was quite a bit of a gamer for a while. Are you more of an altruistic gamer or are you kind of a jerk? Uh, I'm actually an altruistic. Uh, at least in Skyrim. Like, I always pick a character that looks vicious. Mm-hmm. But then I, I pretty much I stick to doing the right thing. Uh right. Like in, in Skyrim, there's certain things. There's like, oh, Thieves Guild. Okay, I want you to go beat up this person and get the money. I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that. I'll just go kill a dragon. <laughs> yeah. I always end up, uh, um, because I mean, why why be a dude if you get the option to be a, a hot chick in a game? So almost every game that I've played, MMORPG or otherwise, I've always, whenever there's the option, I'm always a girl. I'm the closest thing to a monster, usually. Like, <laughs> I, like dark elves things like that mm-hmm. yeah the millennium falcon is like what hundreds of dollars yeah it's like building a lego house like now is like owning a real home you're like well we'll buy this starter kit 
And then maybe in a couple years when we have enough money, we can add a room. Just because of you, I, I ended up watching, and not even not even on Netflix or anything, but I just YouTubed a bunch of random episodes of Unsolved Mysteries that I re- remembered. Oh, you found some. Oh, yeah. And in particular, there's some of the ghost ones are actually really, really terrifying. <laughs> there, was a, there was a period of time there when Cosgrove Media, which is the company... This is really nerdy. I don't. I think I'm the only nerdy person on this one that knows this. Cosgrove Media is the company that um, owns the rights to all the episodes of Unsolved Mysteries. Uh-huh. And there was a time there where they stripped all of it, all of it, off of uh, YouTube, with the exception of like two, because they were related to open cases. Uh-huh. Um, one was the case of Danny Castellero. Wow, that's crazy memory. Wow, um, you are nerdy. <laughs> Well, I remember that story particularly because that story is about a reporter that was killed for uncovering a conspiracy within pretty much within the government mm-hmm. um, and big business. So uh, other than ghosts, what did you see? What, let, let's get let's get deep on Unsolved Mysteries. Wow. Unsolved Mysteries. Um, I mean, I you know, for the, the, the lasting legacy for Unsolved Mysteries for me, I mean, beyond the format of the show and the, the interesting theme song and stuff like that. There was just something inherently really creepy about Robert Stack. Um, yeah, his stiffness, his weirdly dead eyes, um, his his almost his almost monotonous but not quite monotonous voice. You know what I mean? Like it was monotone, but it had just enough inflection to be weird. And even in his demeanor, like he's been he's been alive for like you know millennia, and so he's just bored. You know what I mean? But he still has. <laughs> But he doesn't think of time in the same way that we do. So Robert Stack is Satan, basically, is what I'm saying. Now, don't get me wrong. The random in random badassery didn't always work against us. It just meant that we could end up anywhere. We could end up talking about anything. And we actually did end up talking about just about everything. Sure. And I wonder how much of that transcends just that. Because, I mean, obviously, when it comes to a translation... um, you know, it, it, it very rarely, actually almost never is it a literal translation. There's always a, a strong sense of interpretation that's coming from the perspective of the translators themselves. Um, and I feel like that's that's almost even more difficult when it comes to things like philosophy. Because, I mean, I think about, um, I don't know, um, Nietzsche or, or, or Kierkegaard, and I wonder how much of that is, especially something that dense like philosophy, like interpretation is so specific to the translator that I wonder how much of the original intention is getting lost in that. Right. I mean, yeah, we're not even talking about the magic or the um, music of the language. We're talking about inflection of meanings. We're talking about, uh, we're talking about a field that relies solely upon logistics on on the way that words are interpreted, the way that the word is used. If you translate with, yeah, if you, if you choose the wrong word, you know, if you choose happy instead of glad, who knows what the implications of that could be? Sure. It's, 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 I have a lot of, a lot of respect for anybody who does translations. That was probably one of the worst comic book movies ever made. I, in my estimation, other than Batman and Robin. Uh, oh, thank you for reminding me of that one. Yeah, that movie, that movie's <laughs> unique that. But you know, at least with Batman and Robin, they didn't take <laughs> themselves very seriously. And it's Clooney with, with bat nipples and, and, you know, roller skating, or I'm, I'm sorry, ice skating bad guys, and and the oh my god was the, the mega pun machine, which was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, I I I I at least can forgive that because it knew it was campy and went full camp. 
versus X-Men Last Stand, which was a movie that took itself way too seriously and still sucked. <laughs> Have, did you ever did you ever dabble with any other instruments or has it always just been guitar for you? Uh, when I was really young, when they make you play an instrument in school, I played the saxophone for about a year. Uh, that's funny. You and I both did. I played saxophone too. That's yeah, weird. reeds suck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, you have to suck on a reed, people. You have to soak them to, to all hell, and then, yeah, they get funky and smell funny. Yeah, and then you open your case, and you're like, whoop, that one's ripe. Yeah, totally. <laughs> wow, uh, I haven't I haven't thought of that smell in 20 years. Uh, speaking of Facebook and all this stuff, have you noticed a strange trend that when you mention that you like something, that somebody always, there's always somebody who has to pop in and tell you that they hate it? Sure. Yeah. Where where does that come from? I mean, not that not that discourse and and conversation back and forth is a bad thing, but like it seems like more so people pop in to tell you that they disagree with you, that they dislike something you've said, than people show up to agree with you. You know, if I were to say, um, "Hey, I actually liked Batman versus Superman," which I haven't seen, I would get more people telling me I was crazy than I would get people going, "Yeah, me too." Yeah, I don't know what that is. I I don't know what the the I think it kind of touches on the thing that we talked about last week, which is hate is kind of popular. Um and I I I hate to draw the parallel to the political spectrum, but I think that there's a little bit of that going on just just overall is that there that that we're in a weird phase especially in social media where people have finally gotten to the point where they feel like it's okay to hate and yes, there was even times when we veered into the rocky territory of politics. You know, if if Apple does this crack for the FBI, mm-hmm. it will make anybody able to hack into an iPhone within 30 minutes. Sure. Less than that. Google mines your data already. What's going to stop them from mining the data of your text messages and everything you type on your phone using Gboard? What I don't enjoy is that knowing that the FBI is already using their... Uh, cracking thing to bust into another phone yep uh alabama was it is it god that didn't that didn't take long did it (laughs) when i think of big banks you know what i think of lamb i think of a big fat bloated (laughs) vampire that looks exactly like marilyn manson does right now Mm -hmm. just stuffed full of blood Ugh, i'm so gorged on people's money that i don't care and they just they they fart pennies. I just I, I just think it's really important that everybody knows that birds love Bernie Sanders. Okay, so our political banter wasn't your stereotypical political banter. But we didn't stop at politics. We covered other hard hitting topics. And that sounds sound, was that Pringles? Are you eating Pringles? Uh no, I'm eating barbecue ruffles, actually. Mm. It sounded like the little Tupperware top on the Pringles. So obviously now I want Pringles. Yeah, I don't know what it is about the Pringle per se, in particular, that makes it... I mean, obviously, the can's a part of it, the form factor. Like, you know, every Pringle chip is essentially the same size and weight and density. So I think you're just practiced at eating them a certain way. Like, I rest them on my tongue and then crush them around with my mouth, you know what I mean? So This is strange to say. I have a very small mouth. Uh, <laughs> something with my... I'm a loud person, but uh, my jaw does not open very wide. Like, I have, like, a less than two-inch clearance between my teeth. Oh, I think I think you told me about this at some point. Yeah, I've never seen you open your mouth really big. I can't. Not, I, like, I, not, I like, to... I'm, not like I'm looking at your mouth to watch you open it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to break my jaw to do it. I mean, literally, I have like, I'm trying right now. I think it's about a one and a quarter inch clearance. Yeah. Um, 
So flossing is evil for me. I can't, you know, like you can get your fingers in there. I'm like, I can fit two fingers maximum in my mouth at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been using these, uh, these little pick things. They're flossing picks. I don't know what the hell they're called because I don't have the package here. But they're, they look like uh, little pine trees. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen those, actually. I used to use those. And I'm sure you can tell this far into this episode that we really were all over the place with the original format. It was a lot of fun, I'm not going to lie. And even though we didn't break a lot of ground, there were a few times that we did. And I, I think that people should acknowledge the fact that we are the only show of any form that has ever compared Game of Thrones and Murder, She Wrote. But if you listened carefully, you could hear the birth of some of the topics that we've been dealing with in this new format of the show. Things like being free of your phone. The other day I turned off my phone for a few hours, and that was so nice just because it's like, what am I doing right now? This. I'm doing one thing. I can't. Oh, I can't get distracted because this stupid thing is turned off. And I think that's essential to creativity. You know, I even at work, I constantly have my phone with me. You know, everywhere I go, everything I do, I, I literally always have my phone in my pocket. But because I wasn't able to send text messages, I put my phone in a drawer for three hours. And right. it was weirdly liberating after I got over the initial panic. You can even hear the first attempt of Lam and I trying to put together some sort of creative challenge that was outside of the podcast. Instagram. Okay. You have an account. I have an account. We have a show account. What if we were to set up something like uh, every day there's a random word and you and I have to find some way to represent that pictorially on our own personal Instagrams? And then at the end of the day, whichever the two of us gets more likes, that one gets shared on the show Instagram. Hmm. I think that would be fun, creative challenge. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think we got to flesh out that idea a little bit more. But I think it's it's got it's got a very good premise. Um, I like the idea of of using a word in order to to do that. But I almost I almost want it to be bigger. Um, How so? In, in the sense that, like, I'd rather I'd rather not do it every day, but I'd rather do something huge once a week. You know what I mean? And after that, it only took us about a year to, to flesh out that idea and to really figure out the current creative challenge. And while we're talking about it, if you are listening to this and you are not part of our monthly creative challenge, you should consider doing it. It's only to benefit you. The challenge is to make a piece of art or to make anything at all once a month from the prompt that we give you and then put a photo of it or a video of it onto Instagram and to tag at random badassery. People have also been adding the hashtag monthly creative challenge. You can do that as well if you want. This month's prompt is light. Okay, now back to the retrospective. At a certain point, we started feeling like we were missing a central theme, that there was nothing really holding the show together. There was no spine to it other than our personalities. And we wanted to fix that. And what we started to realize is that there was something uniting all of the episodes. It's a topic that continued to come up over and over again. And that topic was creativity. 
in very small ways, every single one of those quests to go from, you know, the, the, the struggling artist to the confident artist is about the hero's journey. It's about defining your purpose to yourself and realizing at some point that, that, that the only thing that you can do to be a good artist is to have faith in your ability to feel your way through your art and, and produce something that feels right. Like there's, there's, a, there's a certain genius, uh, or I don't even know if it's genius. I think it's, I think it's more the, the, the mentality of the sandbox, you know, where kids are just being allowed to be kids again. And I think that, that, that sense of imagination or creativity comes from letting go of, of, of all of those things that you hold to be like, I need to play my guitar this way or I need to play my drums this certain way. Maybe it just comes down to, you know, I need a certain sound um, or I need a certain feeling. And the only way I'm going to do that is to find it somehow in the universe with my creativity, you know? Right, exactly. And it's, it's, a, it's an openness, I think, is what it is. At, at its core, it's, yeah. a, it's an openness to fail. Uh, to quote uh, Samuel Beckett, ever tried, ever failed, no matter, try again, fail again, fail better. It, it's weird for me to, to think for example, that, um, you know, Dave Grohl is sitting there with a, a pair of headphones listening to, to, to Sia at the same time that Sia might be listening to him. And I think it's really, really important to have those, those, that list of, of, of artistic things or creative things that inspire you, or even if it's not artistic or creative, if you're not that kind of person, you know, whatever it may be, whether it's, you know, a sunset at Land's End in San Francisco, or it's the tree at Point Lobos, um, or it's a certain Radiohead song, or it's a certain movie, or whatever it may be, or even if it's walking down a certain beach with a certain person, there's something about certain um, experiences that gives you a tactile sense of inspiration. You know, it's that fluttering in the heart, it's that 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 churning of the blood, it's that desire to want to go and create, or be creative, or or do something exceptional, or do something extraordinary. And I think that having that 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 catalog of things that 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 brings that out in you is really really important. And it was that realization that started to really cement what we wanted this show to be. We wanted to consolidate in a way to make the show about something that we wanted to focus on more in our own lives anyhow. But we also wanted to find a way to bring that value to the listeners to really dig in. You know, for, for me, for interviews, I think that the real juice of an interview or the real meat of an interview really comes when you break people out of their, not necessarily comfort zones, but you get them into their comfort zones. I remember when you would read a bad interview where somebody didn't give you enough meat, it was the most frustrating thing ever. And then, you know, like, for example, like, uh, an interviewer gives somebody a good question that has a, like, uh, has a lot of rope space. You know, like, what are your favorite albums? Or something like that. And the person gives an answer like, I don't know. Or they say one thing. Then you have other people that just give you the meat where it's like, all right, boom. And they drop like seven albums. Because I was the kid that would, when they would answer that question, I had the notepad out and I would write those seven albums down. I'm like, I'm going to find those and I'm going to listen to those. Sure. And it, I guess it's, it's important to remember that you got to give people meat. And it was there, right there, that the new show was born. That's what we wanted. We wanted to give people the thing that we always wanted when we were young, when we were striving to be artists, when we were striving to learn to create, to give tools and lessons and anything that we could find that would be useful to people and give that to them. And that's what I think we've done so far. 
I'm really proud of this show in every form that it's taken and the development that it's gone through. And I know that Lamb is too. And that's why we want to move forward. That's why we want this to grow. We want it to improve. We want to bring you more of that meat, more of that value by structuring the show more and by editing in a different way. Now, I hope you enjoyed this retrospective episode so that you can hear what the show used to sound like because these episodes aren't available anywhere else. And I can tell you I've never done a retrospective episode before. This was way more work than a normal episode. (laughs) But it's been a really fun journey for me, and it's reminded me a lot of those core values that we need to move forward with. I look forward to the future, and I hope you do too. Settle in for some smooth jams. (laughs) 